Good afternoon, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scani Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you the top stories in Wisconsin sports every single day. I'm your host, Kedrick Sumbris, and you can follow me on Twitter at Kedrick Sumbris and follow the podcast at Scani Six-Pack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. Our first story, the Milwaukee Brewers snapped their streak of winning every game in which they managed to score at least one run and lost to the Arizona Diamondbacks 7-3 in the rubber match of a three-game series on the road to start their West Coast road trip. Jansen Junk took the mound for the Brewers as he gets recalled from AAA Nashville to take over for Brandon Woodruff as he makes his trip to the 15-day injured list. And Junk allowed seven hits and four earned runs, another run allowed due to an error. And the Brewer had some late-inning opportunities in this one, but ultimately blew those opportunities. Uh, the crew scored three runs in the seventh inning and cut the lead to two at 5-3. And then following those three scored runs, the Brewers had runners at first and second with no outs. And then Willie Adamas goes and grounds into a double play. On the very next pitch, then the first pitch of Brian Anderson's at bat, Brian Anderson gets out and the inning is over. It was tough. In the bottom of the inning then, Gus Varland goes to the mound for Milwaukee out of the bullpen, allows a two-run home run, and that just about did it for the Brewers. Uh, this feels like a game that Milwaukee could have had, a game that the Brewers could have won maybe if you got a little bit more from the starting pitching in this one from Jansen Junk, or if you had Brandon Woodruff on the mound instead of Jansen Junk. The crew was expecting to have because Milwaukee's offense showed up to this game a little bit although they did not score until the seventh inning Milwaukee only recorded one fewer hit than Arizona and there were a few fielding errors by Milwaukee in this one uh, we'll talk about those in a little bit here too so it just feels like if the crew is playing a little bit more loose if you get another pitcher who has some more stature on the mound I think maybe Milwaukee wins this game but for notable performances, uh, Christian Yelich went two for five. A decent day. He had a two RBI single in the seventh there uh, in those three runs that Milwaukee scored. William Contreras had an interesting game. Uh, he went three for four with a double. He got called for a couple of weird errors, though. One, a catcher's interference call, which we've seen uh, Contreras get called for catcher's interference twice now this season because he got called catcher's interference back in the series against St. Louis over the weekend as well. I think something just to keep an eye on. Uh, he also threw a ball to second with nobody attempting to steal. Just a weird moment then allowed a runner to advance. So a couple of tough errors from Contreras. We knew when he was acquired via trade this offseason that his bat was the best part of his play when acquiring him. But keep an eye on his de defense overall. He's I think struggled a little bit in the last few days, in the last week. Hopefully, you know, Milwaukee can turn that around. They always seem to be able to do that pretty well uh, with catchers overall. Luke Voigt, who has struggled, as we have talked about a lot, he actually had a solid game. Played first base, had a couple of good snags on the bag, on the defensive side. He also went two for four on offense. So a solid day for Luke Voigt. Bryce Terang similarly went two for four. It had an excellent relay from Joey Weimer to William Contreras at home plate to throw out Jake McCarthy, stop an extra run uh, from scoring for the Diamondbacks. Just really, really fantastic defensive play. Uh, Bryce Terang seems to be turning out to be a fantastic defender, just a great replacement for Colton Wong. 
as terrain comes out of Milwaukee's farm system. And then Joey Weimer, who we'd mentioned, had that great relay picking that ball up in right field, throwing it all the way down to Bryce Terrain, who lasers it to William Contreras to get the out at home. Weimer went one for three himself, also with a walk, so solid day for Joey Weimer uh, getting on base two in two of his four plate appearances. I think the negative notables from yesterday, aside from, you know, Jansen Junk, we've talked about, and the errors from William Contreras, was Rowdy Teles. Rowdy was DHing yesterday and went 0 for 3 and grounded into a double play in the first inning after Yelich uh, singled to lead off the inning. Uh, and that ended up ending it. And the Brewers even brought in Brian Anderson to pinch hit for Rowdy Teles after Teles went over 2. So I it just a tough, tough day for Rowdy Teles. You hope he, he bounces back. He's still hitting 147. It's on batting averages it's on base percentage it's just 250 need Rowdy Telez to get going you need something more from the Rowdy Telez Luke Voigt uh in here to to really power this team get some juice behind these bats besides just uh Willie Adonis who seems to hit a home run you know every four or five days right now so some suspect ball and strike calls again in this one I wanted to mention really quickly this actually benefited Milwaukee more than uh, it benefited the Diamondbacks this time. So Milwaukee was the beneficiary of some questionable home plate umpiring. But there was just weird umpiring behind the plate this whole series. Maybe this changes in San Diego. Something to keep an eye on. And then the NL Central standings, the Brewers, who fall to 8-4 and four on the season, remain in first place as the Cardinals were the only team in the division to win yesterday. The Brewers remain one game up on Pittsburgh and the NL Central. Notably, the Pirates and Cardinals begin a four-game series today. So uh, there's going to be a shakeup here in the in the top half of the uh, NL Central standings, potentially, or we get some continued wins from the Pirates and the Cardinals fall even further behind. Uh, as the Brewers are also starting a four-game series, similarly to the Pirates and Cardinals, Brewers start their four-game series against the Padres today in our second story here. Brewers play at 8.40 p.m. Central. That game will be televised on Bally Sports Wisconsin. And following Jansen Junk's appearance on the mound, all the starting pitchers in Milwaukee's rotation were moved back a day. So it is 12.12 p.m. Central time, and I believe that the starting pitcher for Milwaukee is still TBD. Um... We're going to take a quick look here. It wasn't when I was writing the outline for this podcast not too long ago. And that's correct. So I think we're going to get a bullpen day from Milwaukee. As then Freddie Peralta and Eric Lauer have also switched their spots in the rotation, which makes way more sense. So I believe Peralta will be taking them out tomorrow for game two of this series. And then Lauer for game three and Wade Miley for game four uh, against the Padres. Nick Martinez is taking the mound for San Diego today. San Diego starting pitcher Nick Martinez, who is coming off the best season of his career in 2022. Joined the San Diego Padres last season after a handful of years with the Texas Rangers. Uh, Nick Martinez threw 95 strikeouts last year, but did most of his work coming out of the bullpen. He appeared in 47 games, starting 10 of them, and he's starting this year in the rotation as the Padres needed more starting pitching depth. Should be a good matchup. We'll see. Not a lot of guys on the Brewers have had game experience 
against Nick Martinez, uh, Christian Yelich just batted over 400 against him, so good stuff there, but we'll see where that all goes, because uh, as we always say on this Gandhi six-pack, we get the Christian Yelich we have, not the Christian Yelich we want. So moving forward into Badgers news, the Wisconsin Badgers 2024 football recruiting class has its newest commitment, commitment number six in the 2024 class, the first full class that will be coming in under head coach Luke Fickle, and it is an in-state linebacker, a three-star recruiting talent in Landon Gothier. A Bayport native, Landon Gothier is a decent-looking uh, decent looking linebacker, a more traditional size, speed, and strength linebacker getting to come to play for Luke Fickle in Madison. He doesn't show that quick, twitchy athleticism that you would see from an edge rusher, but much more of that big build strength that you see around more of uh, an off-ball linebacker. He took an unofficial visit back in January, and then that is when the Luke Fickle staff offered a scholarship position to Landon Gauthier and have really been hounding uh Gauthier for his commitment ever since and finally got it in late yesterday and should be solid addition to uh to this recruiting class I think it's fair to say that Mike Trussell wants these uh Mike Trussell the Wisconsin Badgers defensive coordinator wants these kind of pieces uh in his linebacking core just in his defensive core overall uh where you can get guys who have this kind of strength can push around the line, maybe just sit into coverage a little bit more. But I, I think it'll be interesting where we see Gothier land. I, I'm not 100% certain that he's going to excel in this defense just because of the emphasis that Mike Trussell kind of puts on speed overall and wanting to have that from defensive players. So we'll see. Hopefully Landon can get into the weight room, get into a traditional state strength, uh, conditioning and nutrition program and turn into a guy who can play faster, I think there's an excellent chance that he can do that. And if that happens, then he's going to make a fantastic fit for this defense. It's just going to be a matter of seeing where that can happen. He's just quite a bit bigger already for what he's been playing at. And so if he can end up playing faster at the size that he is at, that will be a fantastic piece to have for uh, Mike Trussell's defense coming in starting in 2024. The overall word in recruiting circles, like I said, Gauthier is a three-star talent, not a particularly high, highly ranked three-star talent, according to the major recruiting services, is that Wisconsin staff is much higher on this guy than all of the recruiting services and other schools must be. Maybe that's a keeping the talent they have in state, in the state kind of thing, and hoping they hit. Uh... But we'll see how this goes moving forward. As I mentioned, this is the sixth commitment in Wisconsin's recruiting class. Here in the 2024 class, Wisconsin now sits at the 22nd ranked overall uh, recruiting class in the nation in 2024. In other Wisconsin recruiting news, we go over to the Cole Center, where it looks like Craig Guard is involved uh, with a couple of players in the transfer portal, hoping to get some additions on the wing or Wisconsin. One of them coming in is one of them who may be coming in 
is another player from the Big Ten, Evan Mahaffey, who's recently entered the transfer portal from Penn State. Penn State's head coach, Mike Shrewsbury, leaving that program and taking the job at Notre Dame, is now headed out. And Mahaffey, who was a four-star prospect uh, by 24-7 Sports when he first uh, graduated, he's actually a sophomore now. This is only uh, his first season in college that he's gone out of. So he has three years of eligibility remaining. So very recent talent evaluation for him uh, coming out of high school in that four-star status by 247 makes him a pretty highly sought-after talent. He only he appeared in 34 games for Penn State, only averaged 2.8 points and 1.7 rebounds. That was because he only played nine minutes per game. This is a kid who potentially, given Wisconsin's lack of depth right now, could make a much more significant impact on Wisconsin's roster this season than he did at Penn State last season. Uh, he's got some really great length and athleticism, and I think one of the most notable pieces about his potential recruitment to Wisconsin is that Mahaffey was AAU teammates with Connor Asijan. So he's familiar with the guy on the team already. He's a Midwest guy. Uh, Evan Mahaffey is from Ohio, so it could be a decent fit for Wisconsin if they can bring him in. Wisconsin also hosted uh, wing AJ Store, who just transferred out of St. John's after uh, Rick Pitino is headed into there as well. Hosted another wing, AJ Store, on a visit to Madison, to the Cole Center, uh, just about a week ago. So it's another interesting fit, looking for the right fit to complement Noah Reynolds, who, of course, coming in as that starting guard uh, for Wisconsin as well. Hopefully shaping things up, shaking things up, getting this roster more where it needs to be to compete uh, for another Big Ten title. Let's check in on the Milwaukee Bucks now. And we're going to check in on the NBA play-in tournament, where last night the Chicago Bulls defeated the Toronto Raptors 109-105. to So Chicago advances to play Miami tomorrow night, Friday night, Friday the 14th at 6 p.m., that game will be televised on TNT, and so the winner of Chicago and Miami will advance to face the Milwaukee Bucks in round one of the playoffs. So watch that game if you're trying to find out who Milwaukee's round one playoff opponent is going to be. wanted to touch really quickly here because DeMar DeRozan's daughter, DR DeRozan, was screaming her head off for every Toronto free throw last night, and the Raptors shot just 18 of 36 from the stripe. In a game that Toronto lost by four, I will let you do the math there on those 18 missed free throws and tell you that was probably pretty consequential. So DR is making a little bit of a viral sensation out of herself. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's daughter is, as lots of folks online are talking about, just the performance of getting into Toronto's players' heads, their ears, as you can hear her screaming on the broadcast, just hoping to get... Uh, these Toronto players to miss every shot that they can. And now Chicago or Miami will face Milwaukee in round one. Actually just bought my tickets for game two of round one of the NBA playoffs in Milwaukee last night. And when I bought those tickets, I of course bought them on TickPick. The seamless transition. This is not an ad. It is just a service I love. And I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. When you use TickPick, you will never pay service or delivery fees like you will on other ticket-selling apps, and it comes with TickPick's best price guarantee. 
If you find a better price somewhere else for the same ticket, TickPick will refund you twice the difference in credit toward your next purchase. Plus, if you use my link in the podcast description, you'll save $10 on your first order. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the App Store, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, and use my link in the podcast description to get $10 off your first order and never pay service or delivery fees again. I went and bought my tickets last night and just for the sake of maybe spicing up this this little read here for, for TickPick, I dug around, looked into some of these other ticket selling apps and yes, confirmed that TickPick was the best price I could get. Also, I was buying seven tickets and in some of these places, I couldn't buy seven. I needed to get seven tickets. Some, another ticket service, I could only buy six or eight. So another great thing about TickPick that uh, I will always be a loyal customer for. So go to the podcast description, click that link, save $10 on your very first order. Another place I saved money on a ticket order is the game I am going to tonight. That is the Chicago Blackhawks season finale. Uh, I know this is a Wisconsin sports podcast, but as many of you know, I am also a Chicago Blackhawks fan. It's where uh, my grandmother grew up and grew up as a Hawks fan. And this is not just a game that I'm going to as it's a season finale of a, listen, a, just a horrible season for the Blackhawks and might not even tank hard enough to get Connor Bedard out of it, the number one overall prospect coming into the NHL draft, guy who looks like as much of a sure thing as uh, since Connor McDavid came out of the draft and headed to Edmonton for the Oilers. But Chicago appears to be parting ways with their longtime captain, the longest serving captain in Chicago Blackhawks history, the 34th team captain of the original 16 Chicago Blackhawks. Jonathan Tace is on his way out the door for the Chicago Blackhawks. GM Kyle Davidson announced this earlier today. And this is why I bought tickets to this game. Uh, Chicago has had their captain on and off the ice over the last few seasons as Taves has suffered from the effects due to chronic immune response syndrome and long COVID. It's been tough. He's 34 years old, talked a lot about maybe this is his last season playing. Sounds like Kyle Davidson believes uh, Jonathan Taves is going to play, but they made the decision to not renew his expiring contract in the offseason. Decision that I don't think I necessarily agree with, but we don't need to get into that here. But I, I just think it's notable for Wisconsin sports fans, sports fans generally. Folks, maybe you are a Blackhawks fan. Maybe you're a Wild fan. Maybe you're a Detroit fan. And Jonathan Taze has, uh, let's just say, maybe destroyed the hopes and dreams of your uh, team in the last 10 or so years here, uh, going all the way back to 2013 when the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup for the first time in nearly 50 years. And Jonathan Taze won that cup and was named the Conn Smythe Award winner to give into the MVP of Stanley Cup playoffs. And he won that cup over the Philadelphia Flyers in the Stanley Cup final. And that is who Jonathan Taves will end his career as a Blackhawk against tonight at 7.30 at the United Center. Should be a very special night uh, where me, my father, and my brother are all going to go celebrate the captain of who brought the greatest modern dynasty in sports to uh, Chicago. Okay, maybe New England is up there as well, but we don't need to talk about Tom Brady anytime soon. Now, 
Chicago is going to be without its captain, won three Stanley Cup championships after being drafted in 2006, you know, getting drafted and getting drafted in 2006, joining the team in 2007, winning a cup in 2010, 2013, 2015. I almost always remember the way he was able to take over uh, the series against Anaheim, just his fantastic uh, cup run in 2010, winning winning the cup over Philadelphia. Jonathan Taves, Captain Sirius, just always went out, held the team accountable, and was just always great to see him uh, be a, a steward for the franchise, winning the Selkie Trophy. Just a fantastic defensive player as a center. Really phenomenal. And what folks don't always remember is that Sidney Crosby is the youngest captain to ever win the Stanley Cup. Jonathan Taves is the second youngest captain to ever win the Stanley Cup. And when Team Canada was putting its Olympic roster together, there was a huge debate over who should captain that team. Should it be Sidney Crosby or should it be Jonathan Taves? And it ended up being named Sidney Crosby as the captain for Team Canada on their Olympic team. And Sidney Crosby actually called Jonathan Taze and asked to make sure it was all right. That is the amount of stature that Jonathan Taze has in the league with his fellow players, with his countrymen. And there was no debate that Jonathan Taze was a top 10 player in the world for a number of years. So much so that the number one player in the world wanted to make sure that it was okay that Jonathan Taves would not be serving as captain and that Sidney Crosby would. Really, an underrated icon in sports over the last 15 or so years is Jonathan Taves. And I take no pleasure in knowing that his time in Chicago is done. And I certainly take no pleasure in uh, continuing to have to come to grips with the fact that uh, ugh, any kind of winning hockey in Chicago may be done for quite a while yet. But I, I will take great pleasure in being able to send off someone who defines such a fun part of my time as a sports fan and giving giving him a proper farewell tonight. So that that's what I will be doing. If you happen to be a Hawks fan, get to the United Center if you can. Uh, I can't wait. Should be a fantastic night, a fantastic atmosphere. And, of course, if you are there, as always, shoot me a DM on Twitter. Happy to say hi. Happy to buy you a drink, hot dog, snack, whatever you might be looking for. So, get out there. Get out there or turn on the game. Turn on ESPN Plus to see Jonathan Taves' final game as a Chicago Blackhawk tonight at 7.30. And that's all for today's edition of the Scotty Six Pack. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to start every day with everything you need to know in Wisconsin sports. While you're there, leave a nice review, five stars, kind comments, tell some folks what you like about the show. It helps the show grow, and it will allow me to produce even better content for everyone. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Hedrick Sumbris, on Wisconsin. <laughs>